keep watch with me. Pray with me. Don't be afraid. Keep watch with me. Pray with me. Don't be afraid. Keep watch with me. Pray with me. And don't be afraid. This is a simple chant to begin a season of the days that are surely coming and the days to remember that the days are already here as we prepare again for the coming of Emmanuel, God with us. Jeremiah and Jesus use different words, but this is their call to us. Keep watch, pray, don't be afraid. I think of all the church seasons, Advent is my favorite. Advent has a mood about it that the others have and have a mood as well, but Advent is just different. It resonates with me. As I've gotten older and I've lived more, I've mourned for people that I've loved who have gone on into the larger life, beloved family members, beloved church members, and experienced transitions, changes that life inevitably brings. Advent holds space like not much else does in our world for appreciating change and preparing for change. Advent is like twilight or dawn, depending if you're a morning person or an evening person. Lately, we can see both because it gets dark at 4.30. Twilight or dawn, it holds this balance. There is light and there is darkness. There are shadows and reveal some things that full-on light or full-on darkness can't reveal. I love getting up early in the morning. I've noticed some deer in our yard. Also appreciate the early morning hours when there's pinks and purples and blues that lighten. And I also love staring out the window looking at the mountains as the colors reverse. Pinks and purples, but the blues get ever deeper. Embracing the night. Advent means to wait, to look out the window, to look out the door, because something is coming. A change that we're not fully prepared for is on its way. And so it calls us to wait with expectation. Advent offers us a gift, if we can see it that way, of waiting. It's nobody's favorite thing to wait. But Advent is this yearly gift to wait well, to get better at it, to learn how to be patient, to keep watch, to pray and not be afraid. As Luke tells the story, Jesus is talking about something coming. 
And he calls us to these postures of risk and vulnerability. Because when everyone else is ducking for cover out of fear and foreboding, Jesus calls those who have been with him to stand up, raise your heads, pay attention, stand a little taller so you can see out over the horizon. Stick your neck out with the prophetic gaze that recalls the promises of our relentlessly faithful God. Keep watch for the sacred that will burst into the mundane, the extraordinary shooting up out of the ordinary. Keep watch for the one who lives and moves and comes to us in time and who works for justice and righteousness in all times. For the days are surely coming when the reign of God will arrive in all its completeness and all its fullness. That will be a glorious day, but it will also be a risky day. God's coming has consequences. It brings change. It brings transformation. Things will not be the same. And so that means that we as disciples must adapt and change as God comes into our lives and our world. There is no risk assessment that can fully prepare us for such an arrival. I think we try. But there's no reducing the possibility of the kingdom of God coming. Because in fact, it is already here. So therefore, what kinds of preparations do we need to make? That is a question all of us must answer and can only answer for ourselves, but I've got a few ideas. First and foremost, any preparations we make must be grounded in prayer. Prayer for the strength to endure, to have the wits, as Eugene Peterson says, to make it through what we're keeping watch for. Pray for the courage to be pushed by the Spirit and to be changed by that presence. To have every aspect of your life, your heart, your relationships transformed because of the goodness, the justice, and the righteousness of the Beloved. Pray for the ability to do the good thing and the God thing. I think the riskiest prayer anyone could ever pray is, God, change my heart. Because God is nothing if not a good listener and faithful. We've given God an opening for that transformation to begin. And as James Garrison mentioned in our disciple Bible study class Tuesday night, God loves us so much, just the way we are. But we often forget God loves us too much to let us stay that way. There's always work to be done. Being beloved, but also that work of transformation, becoming more connected to God, to one another, but transformed to love God first.
a life of prayer that embraces the radically transformational love of God, accepts each day as a gift, and prays for the strength to do what is necessary to fill those days with faithfulness. A few years ago, in the midst of the frenzy over the Mayan calendar predicting the end of the world, I think this was 2012, middle of my seminary time. And of course, all of us scholars and theologians at Boston University just thought people who took this literally were just ridiculous. But we also knew there was a point to that. Because who are we to say when the end of the world might be? Every day, on some level, worlds are ending and new worlds are being born. And so a professor shared this image with us. It was a picture of a sign on a chain link fence somewhere. And the word said, I am not afraid that the world will end. I am afraid it will stay the same. Which all drew us up a little short. If we're not afraid the world will end, let's be wary of the world staying the same. Let's be wary of ourselves staying the same when a transformational event comes into our lives. I think that's the warning on the other side of Jeremiah and Jesus' words, that the days are surely coming when the world as we know it will end. Will we notice Will everything change around us, but we will remain the same? We're warned against doing our best to fend off the renewal and resurrection that is promised, offered to us even as gifts, but we interpret them as threats when change is viewed as too risky. Don't be afraid to change. Be afraid of staying the same. This is the season of change. So resist the impulse to just get by or get through this time unscathed of the story. This is twilight. This is dawn. This is a season of turns and changes. Let it change you. Martin Luther is reported to have said, if I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my apple tree. Because as we sang just now, the trees have that lesson to teach us. In the bulb, there is a flower, in a seed, an apple tree. In cocoons, a hidden promise. Butterflies will soon be free. Don't be afraid to plant seeds in places that seem like they are going to pieces. Tend the work of creation, of loving God's beautiful and broken world. Work with the raw materials of hope, the earth, seeds, water, light, community, a promise of resurrection, and trust that this process has been happening a whole lot longer than we've been around. So we really don't need to have as much control 
as we think we do. Don't be afraid to light candles, proclaiming Christ as the hope of the world, even though it's only just one candle. It's in the lengthening shadows that our lights, little, singular, fragile though they may be, can find one another. It's in the darkness that the lights shine brighter. And we find one another by our light. And so together when we bring our hopes, our dreams, and prayers, we live faithfully, actively, waiting in the meantime, trusting that the God who is relentlessly faithful, determinedly steadfast in loving us, holds us in the ending time. Keep watch with me. Pray with me. Don't be afraid. Keep watch. Pray. Don't be afraid. Watch. Pray. Do not be afraid. Amen.